It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Burns throwing it out. He's won an Oris Trophy. Leads on the left for Gregor, who slips by the check of Truba. He's back behind the Ranger net, but runs into the check of Keandre Miller, and the puck jars free. Sharks keep it in. Cogliano, good effort with Nieto on the right boards to hold it in play. Cogliano, nice tip to Benino, who backskates, who sends in front. Nieto, one-time shot. What a save by Shesterkin with 7.42 to go in the third period. That is a fabulous save by the Ranger goaltender. Rangers get the rebound and skate it back in. Heedle throwing it toward the net, blocked in front. And Cogliano goes back. It's a two-on-one break developing. Donald down the right, moving in, shooting it. Save made by Shesterkin. Eric Carlson was the other guy up. And Donald was looking for a rebound, but Shesterkin gave him nothing. All right, good morning, everyone. I hope everybody is having a happy Friday as we have made it to the uh, the cusp of the weekend. And we got some good news yesterday with Timo Meyer being announced as an all-star. First off, big-time congratulations to him. He's had an awesome season up to this point. He had an awesome game last night. He just didn't find the back of the net, which could be said in a grand scheme way about the San Jose Sharks. But before we go any further, let's take a look at his standings on a Friday morning. The San Jose Sharks, 20 wins, 17 losses, one overtime loss, 41 points, two points back of L.A., four points back of Anaheim, and seven points back of Vegas. If we look at the wild card standings, you'll find the Sharks in overall a relatively good position. Second place in the West, just three points back of Minnesota and one point ahead of Calgary. So the Sharks have found themselves up to this point of the season. We are getting closer and closer to the official halfway point. They're at a good place. They're at a good place, relatively speaking. I, I know that there's some relative disappointment that they haven't been able to be more consistently better over the course of the year. But again, I go back to a couple of main vein ideas that I've had up to this point. A, they're better than they were the last couple of years. B, I feel like they're getting better and better over the course of the season. And C, they are not in any way falling out of the hunt of a playoff spot. And even if that is the case, I still don't view it as the main you know, the number one storyline, yes, I know it always comes down to are you in or are you not in, but for the Sharks, my main thing for this team is one week to the next, one month to the next, do I feel like they are a better hockey team? Do I feel like they are improving? And the answer overwhelmingly up to this point of the year is going to be yes. And when we look at what we saw last night, that was a loss against a Rangers team and a Rangers team that is very, very good. That's why they're one of the best teams in the NHL right now entering the game last night. Uh, they were fourth overall in the uh, Eastern Conference. They are 24-10-4, 52 points. Yeah, I mean, there's some juggernauts in the East right now. You look at the Rangers, Carolina, Washington, Tampa, Florida, 
Toronto, and then you get into the wild card, even the leader in the wild card. Pittsburgh has 47 points, uh, which would put them uh, three points in front of Minnesota over in the West. And, you know, they're just, they, there's some good teams over there in the East right now. That's that's not an excuse. That's just what the reality is. And the Sharks, for the second time this year, were shut out by the Rangers. And that's just how it goes sometimes, I guess. You, you have a goalie that has your number. He's going to stick it to you. And you're not going to be able to do much against it, even if you play a very good game. And that's kind of how I felt about the Sharks last night. They did play a very good game. Aiden Hill only gave up two goals. There was a there was an empty netter later. That's how it's going to go some nights. And for the Sharks, to me, if you're giving up that type of a loss, if you're having that type of an overall game where you only give up two goals before you pull the goalie and you can't get anything done offensively, even if you're creating a lot of opportunities and you're doing a lot of really good things with the puck out there on the ice, that's just how it goes sometimes. We've seen, you know, whether it's been Reimer or Hill frustrate teams and do the exact same thing to them. Sometimes you just get beat. It's not because you make the big time mistakes. It's not because you're not doing things the right way. It's not because you're making the big time mistakes. Sometimes you just get beat. Now you can talk about the shorthanded goals and the fact that the Sharks have now given up the most shorties of any team in the NHL this year. And I agree that is a problem, but that wasn't specifically why they lost the game. In my opinion, if you only give up two goals before you pull the goalie, that's a winnable game. And I think that that's what we've talked about time and time again with regard to the Sharks and their goalie is, is your goalie giving your team a chance to win, right? Like, is that the main takeaway when all is said and done at the end of the night? And I think when we look at what Hill did, that's what he did. It gave them a chance to win. You take that a step further. Did you de- did your defense give you a chance to win? Yeah, your defense puts you in a position to win that game. So now we look at what the Sharks were not able to do last night, and that was put pucks in the back of the net. Now, there were a couple times where I thought they could have had a better shot or a better attempt, but for the most part, Jesterkin was just absolutely amazing. He, he stopped everything that came his way. He made big-time saves. He frustrated the Sharks. He was always in the right place at the right time. And even though the Sharks were playing an aggressive game, exactly the type of game they needed to be playing against Jesterkin and this Rangers team, it wasn't enough. And that's life. Sometimes you can do everything right and come up with the wrong answer. And it's a loss, 100%, but it's also a Sharks team that looks better. They would not have lost a game like this a month ago, in my opinion. They probably would have given up a lot more, and they would have gotten beat a little bit more badly. Because as I've said this year, the Sharks have had a lot of convincing wins and a lot of convincing losses. Lately, the wins they've had have been a lot more of the style of, this is our game, and we're going to make you react, and we're going to grit it out. And they've had, you know, before last night, three consecutive 3-2 wins. That was the blueprint for Shark success. But beyond that, are the Sharks improving, and did they even play a good game and still walk away with a loss? And the answer to both of those questions, in my opinion, is yes, and that's why I'm not walking around today ticked off about a loss to the Rangers, because I felt the Sharks showed improvement from the recent losses they've had. They also played a pretty good game and they also played a pretty good team pretty darn well. Now we'll get into the post game sound later. You get into an Eric Carlson and he doesn't agree with the fact that if the Sharks play that style of game, the more often than not, they are going to win. And he was, he was ticked off in the post game, but I do feel like if the Sharks play that style of game, most nights they are going to win. 
Most nights, if you do that, you're going to give yourself an opportunity to at least get a point, you know, and most of the time, I think you're going to give yourself a chance to get two. And I think that to me is more important than anything else, as we've now seen for four straight games, whether it's been against not great opposition or pretty darn good opposition, the Sharks did almost the exact same game, the exact same game plan, the exact same style over the course of 60 minutes. And they won three out of four of those games. And the only one that they lost was against a really good team with a lot of top-end talent in the Eastern Conference right now. That doesn't kill me. I know that the team is frustrated. I know that those of you in the fan base are frustrated that the Sharks weren't able to win a fourth straight game for the second time this year. I know that you think to yourself, okay, if you want to be the best, you got to compare yourself against the best. And the Sharks have been proven to be not nearly good enough against the Rangers twice this year. None of those are wrong. I think the simple reality is that sometimes a team is just better. The Rangers unequivocally are better than the Sharks right now. I don't think anybody can make a claim to the otherwise. That said, I don't think that the Sharks got played off the ice. I don't think that the Sharks were considerably worse than the Rangers. I think the Sharks made a couple of mistakes. One of them was giving up the shorthand goals. And, you know, that was, it's something that's been happening lately. I don't know what the explanation is other than you're just kind of maybe too engaged on trying to get that power play goal and a little bit too far forward and you can get yourself leaning in the wrong direction or have your momentum going forward and all of a sudden the puck is going back up the other direction on the ice. And, you know, there's there's only so many takeaways you can have from that. It's unfortunate and it needs to change, but I also wonder, is it just a statistical anomaly? Is it something that's just going to happen over the course of the year? And right now it's just kind of been piled on because you've given up three in the past week or so. And, you know, maybe that's the answer. Maybe it's not. I don't really know. All I know is it's unfortunate. But even still, if you only give up one of those, and even if you only give up two goals, you're still giving yourself a chance to win. Now, bigger question, are there some legitimate concerns about the Sharks' offense right now? Yeah, most definitely. Just because Jesterkin did a good night doesn't mean we have to look at that power play and wonder why it's not producing. It doesn't mean we look at the offense and absolve them of everything just because they had had a good goalie performance on the other side. No, the Sharks have not been good enough on offense. They have had multiple games as of late where it's been far too close. Three straight 3-2 wins is not good enough in terms of the support that you're giving your goalie. Aiden Hill did it again last night, only gave up two goals, and that was not good enough. That was simply not good enough in terms of what you need to do to get yourself a win. The problem with losing a game like last night is that if those two points come back to haunt you, or even the earlier loss in the Rangers where you only gave up one goal and lost, are you going to be looking at those games specifically and say those were winnable situations and we didn't have the offense when we needed it. Because it can't just be Timo Meyer. It can't just be Tomas Hurdle. It can't just be Logan Couture. You need to have more from Brent Burns. You need to have more from Eric Carlson. You need to have Rudolph Balser stepping up. You need to have Jonathan Dolan being able to not get the puck right at the goalie. You got to find the spaces. And I'm not, I'm not calling these guys out. But you need to have more production to get more than three goals or get more than zero, obviously, on a night like last night or even in the previous games where you've put forth good performances and you need to reward yourself with more offense to make life easier on you, make life easier on your defense, make life easier on your goalie because you can't just be eking out one-goal wins. And that's the difference between a team that is on solid ground in the playoff standings right now and where the Sharks are, a bubble team, and overall where the Sharks are this season. 
I mean, I understand that they are 2017 and one, but if you want to look a little bit more clearly at that, that's 20 and 18. That's 20 wins and 18 losses. One of them just happens to be an overtime loss, so we get a point out of it and qualify a little bit directly, but the Sharks are only two games above 500 realistically for a reason. And the relative inconsistency over the course of the year has been the consistency, but it's why I also go back to what I've been seeing as of late and not too upset with a loss like last night because was it similar to what we saw in the previous wins? Yeah, I don't think that can be denied in the slightest. What's the difference? Last night, the offense wasn't there. But did they get away from their game? No. Did they open it up and not hurt themselves? Yeah, they did pretty well at that. They didn't shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, a shorty is bad. Again, I understand that. But there were no critical mistakes that put the game out of reach beyond the idea of if you score zero, you're not going to win. But if you give up two goals... I think most coaches across the NHL are going to look at that as a job well done. When you juxtapose it with the fact that the previous three wins was a similar performance, only giving up two goals before you give up the third on an empty netter, it is not a terrible way to lose. I'm sure it's a frustrating way to lose. I'm sure it's a night where you feel like you should have been able to do more and that the goalie was just standing on his head and making huge stops and you couldn't break through. It was was impenetrable. That's how it's going to go some nights in the NHL. I don't think there is going to be one team this year that's not going to be frustrated by a goalie or going to find themselves on the wrong way of a good performance or the wrong side of a good performance, I should say. Sometimes, again, you can come up with the right performance against the team that you needed to have and still walk away with a loss. The Sharks played the Rangers well, and they didn't win. That's how it goes sometimes. And what makes it even more frustrating is you had a performance from Timo Meyer last night where he looked like he was the best player on the ice. I 100% agree with that. This is not just, you know, teal colored glasses, Ted. Timo Meyer looked incredible last night. He was flying around. He was taking shots. He was making incredible passes to set up his teammates. And every time the answer was just That was something they couldn't solve. But Timo Meyer was playing a fantastic game. I think that he wanted to show why he was an all-star. I think he wanted to try and put the team on his back. I think he was stepping up to the moment. I think he was playing a huge game, and he wasn't rewarded. That's unfortunate, but that doesn't make me overlook the effort. And that doesn't make me look at Timo Meyer and look at the overall arc of what's happened to him over the last 18 months, right? Or even less than that, actually, because the 2021 season didn't start till January of uh, 2021. So really just the last 12 months. But last night, Timo Meyer played like everything the Sharks want him to be. He was all over the ice. He was a power forward. He was pushing guys around. He was getting guys' faces. You know, he was doing everything that Timo Meyer is capable of doing. He just wasn't rewarded by it. But what I would like to see is that performance replicated night in, night out. If Timo Meyer is what he was last night in every game, he's going to be a top star in the NHL. And I still think Timo Meyer is getting better and better. Remember, we go back to the end of last year and the team told him essentially, hey, you've got to be better. You've got to come into camp next year ready to go. You can't have an off year like this where you are too good. We rely on you too much. We need you to be your best Timo from day one of the season. That's exactly what's happened this year. And I think that if Timo continues to play like that, because they've told him a million times that if he's physical, 
that if he works on that defense, that if he uses his power and speed, it's just going to reward him over and over and over again. And in my opinion, that's exactly what we were able to see last night. It's unfortunate that Meyer wasn't rewarded with a goal, but he was rewarded with opportunity last night. And he was rewarded with being the most dominant player on the ice, albeit one that wasn't able to put one in the back of the net. That's how it goes sometimes in the NHL. That's how it goes in pro sports. That's how it goes in life. But the Timo Meyer we saw last night is the Timo Meyer the Sharks need every night because if he does play like that every night, he'll bag 40 goals and or more. That was a great performance from him last night. Aiden Hill. You want to talk about what we've seen out of Aiden Hill the last couple of games? This was right after he came back from COVID, played the final period of the game against Detroit and gave up two goals. And we knew Reimer was dealing with an issue at that point. And Bob Bugner alluded to the fact that they wanted to see Aiden Hill reestablish his game after coming off the COVID list and look like the guy they thought that he was capable of being. You know, if Aiden Hill is the guy that we are building towards the future, a guy who still hasn't played 100 starts in his NHL career, you know, I, I don't even know if he's played 80 at this point. But we look at what Aiden Hill has been. He's getting better and better over the course of this year. You look at the way he's played consistently over the last four games. You look at how he played last night against the Rangers, making the big stops. Yeah, gave up two goals. I'll take that every single night in the NHL. Aiden Hill is getting better, is getting more confident, is getting more experience. You see with that big body, his athleticism, his instincts, his mechanics, I see exactly why the Sharks wanted to bring this guy in and pair him with a good guy like Reimer. Reimer is such a good teammate, such a good supporter, such a good part of a tandem like that where it's going to rub off on a guy like Aiden Hill and allow him to flourish and become the best goalie that he could be. And by the way, he does not have 80 performances in his career. He's got 70. And I think that if you overall look at what he's becoming, the Sharks have something here in Aiden Hill. I think it's very exciting to see what this can turn into. But he has reestablished his game exactly as Bob Bugner asked him to do. He's come back from the COVID list. He made that one period against Detroit where I believe he gave up two goals. But other than that, he's been really, really good. He gave up two goals in four straight games. The Sharks won three of them. He's giving his team a chance to win. He's battling. He's making the big stops. He has not been perfect. I do not need Aiden Hill or anyone on the Sharks to be perfect. I need everyone on the Sharks to give their team a chance to win. That's what Aiden Hill has been doing. That's what Aiden Hill has put the Sharks in a position to do. And last night, he was simply outperformed on the other end by Jesterkin. But I would be willing to bet that nine times out of ten, if you only give up two goals, you are going to win that game. And this sets up a pretty interesting situation for Saturday night because the Sharks are hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that, in my opinion, kind of embarrassed them last time. They gave up six goals in the first period. That should elicit a desire for revenge from San Jose, not just because they lost, but because of how they lost. It's not just that you lose by a final of 8-5, to you don't want to give up eight goals in any game, but the fact that they were down 6-1 after the first period and that they were thoroughly played off the ice over 20 minutes. Yes, the Sharks did come roaring back in that game and fall by a final of 8-5 to after making it 6-5, but you've got to think to yourself, Listen, we don't stand for getting blown off the ice like that. We do not jive with us giving up six goals in a period and or having that kind of a 20-minute stretch where they just cannot do anything right. And if your comeback is, well, Ted, they scored a goal in that first period, then that's you're having the wrong takeaway. That's not the way to look at that game. But 
Saturday night, big one for the Sharks against the Pens. See if they can have a little bit of a pushback after what they did on the last game a couple Sundays ago against Pittsburgh. And then on Monday afternoon, it's the Kings. And here's another good testing point for the San Jose Sharks against a team that has been a surprise, much in the same way that Anaheim and San Jose have been surprises. Let's see where this rivalry is on Monday afternoon. That's a 1 p.m. start, so it's going to be a little bit different. But hey, you test yourself against your division. You test yourself against a team like Pittsburgh that's been getting better and better. And then you're going to have huge tests going forward after the game against Seattle on the road. You're back home against Tampa. Then you're at Washington, at Florida, at Carolina, and then at Tampa before you go into the break. But for the Sharks, there is no good loss. But overall, the view of the team is one that is getting better. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to get into some of that post-game reaction. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge-watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Yeah, that's the message. I think, uh, um, you know, we've come off an East Coast trip there and we play a lot of hockey and uh, uh, tomorrow will be a day off. I think they need that rest mentally and physically, but uh, um, yeah, agreed. I think that's, uh, you know, we, we did a lot of great things. I think after the second, I had the chances 9-8 us or 9-7 us, I think. Um, I thought defensively we played a pretty good game. When we tried to open it up and create offense, obviously that's when we gave up some chances the other way a little bit. But, uh, you know, we stuck to our game plan. We played hard. It's a pretty talented team over there. They got a few, uh, few you know, uh, offensive weapons and, and their big guys scored tonight. We just, uh, we had one of those nights where we generated enough, but, uh, um, you know, we couldn't find, couldn't find the answer on circuit. That's it, Coach Bob Bugner bringing us back in on a Friday morning with Shesterkin having just an incredible night, just stopping everything the Sharks put at him, and that's just how it goes sometimes, even if that was not leaving Eric Carlson feeling good about things. Uh, you score zero goals, you win zero games. And honestly, I kind of like that Eric Carlson was ticked off after the game last night and seemed to be a little bit, uh, well, you know, usually Eric Carlson is the coolest of customers, but you could see that he was ticked off last night. You could see it in his eyes. He was giving very short answers. Usually Eric Carlson is a more eloquent guy and is going to give you some pretty good insight. Last night, you could tell he was pissed off. And you know what? I want pissed off Eric Carlson. I want him to come into that game against Pittsburgh and have a big game because I think he's healthy after that upper body injury he suffered, and I think that he needs to be producing. He needs to be the Eric Carlson we all know he's capable of being. I think that's beyond getting the assists. I need him scoring goals. He's got that big shot. He's got the incredible ability. Needs to bring it. Needs to bring it in the next game. Not that he didn't bring it last night. I thought he played very, very well, but... I would just hope that the pissed off Eric Carlson we saw in the postgame last night leads to more success. Here's more from Bob Bugner talking about that early third period goal they gave up. Yeah, disappointing. I think, uh, um, you know, I guess it, it, it doesn't matter now. 
now that we could score a goal anyway, I think uh, um, you got to score to, to win. And um, you know, it, re it reminded me a lot of the game Madison Square Garden when we played them. It was one nothing, and uh, um, you know we played a good game. And tonight I thought we played a good game. I don't think that uh, you know we shot ourselves in a foot, or you know we got dominated in any single area. I thought that uh, you know Sirkin made some great saves early. Um, we couldn't find the goal we needed. Um, you know, but we fought hard, and uh, you, you know the difference. I think was, you know, giving up a shorty. Um, you know, it's something that uh, obviously when you get a power play early in that game, you want to at least produce three or four or five good chances, and instead with ones in the back of our net. Um, but we battled hard and, and just couldn't find any offense, not for lack of chances. And then, of course, there was the inherent frustration versus the way that Shesterkin played last night. Yeah, frustrated. I think, uh, um, you know, I'm going to get to watch that game again here um, after. But, uh, you know, I like some of our chances. And, and uh, we had a couple in the doorstep that were, you know, bouncing pucks that we got to uh, a couple high tips that Shisterkin made some great saves on. We had some great seam plays, uh, um, you know, through the middle of the ice to the back door. And, and uh, you know, we just couldn't figure it out, couldn't, find, couldn't figure him out. But uh, um, it's not for a lack of uh, uh, producing chances. It's just, uh, um, you know, Kind of up against a hot goalie and, you know, our execution. Here's Benino weighing in on that. Yeah, it is frustrating. You know, they're one of the top teams in the league, and, and I think for two games we've played right with them. Um, I think we could have won both games. I don't know how many shots we had in New York, but, you know, you figure we put almost 70, 80 shots on them and didn't get one. Um, that's definitely frustrating, but uh, they defend hard. They're a good team, and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not a mystery why they're, they're up high in the standings. And I think that one of the things that made it frustrating in watching Shesterkin shut the Sharks out is that once again, Aiden Hill was giving the Sharks a good performance and ultimately a chance to win in any game where you're not getting shut out. This is what Bob Bugner said. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, we've asked him to, uh, um, you know, we've asked him to give us a chance to win every night. And uh, I think he's done that. You can tell he's battling hard in the, in the net. I think he's, uh, you know, he looks poised. He looks calm. And, uh, um, you know, and he's definitely given us a chance every night. To, you know, be nice to... Produced a little more offense for him. I mean, even in the, uh, you know, the Philly game, uh, uh, we were late, late to the party before her, Tommy Hurdle went off in Detroit. Same thing, you know, um, you know, scraping by having a fine one in overtime, only scoring one or two. And, you know, I've said it for a long time. I, it, that's the margin for error when you're not scoring or, you know, you're not, uh, you, know, you know, your offense, your offense isn't natural. Unless two or three of your big boys go off, I think it's uh, the margin for error is so slim. And, and you can see that again here tonight. And that slim margin of error was definitely something that was a factor against the Rangers last night in that they're good enough and that you can't make a mistake and expect to get away with it. Nick Bonino. Yeah, you know, you have to bury your chances. You know, we haven't scored a ton this year at times. And um, again, though, I thought we played a pretty solid game tonight and uh, deserved maybe a little bit better. But uh, yeah, you play a good goalie. Um, you, you have to bury when you can. And Timo Meyer, named an all-star yesterday, weighed in on the frustration versus Justerkin. He's a good goalie and made some big saves, but like I said earlier, uh, you know, that extra centimeter we, we missed. And it's definitely frustrating. I mean, uh, you know, I would like the, the score on there where I you know, I think I hit the, the post and his knob. So just, you know, one of those nights and, you know, we, we you know, we wanted to find a way to win. Uh, he made some good saves. Uh, I thought our goal we played well too and that's just how she, how she goes sometimes but yeah I think uh, we tried and 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 yeah just couldn't get one 
Yeah, Timo was also asked about a disappointing loss on the same day as being named an All-Star, and true to form, Timo did not seem to be concerned that much about the All-Star and was mostly seemingly a little bit bummed out about the loss. Yeah, you want, you want to win, that's that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, obviously not not happy today because we lost. Um, definitely, you know, nice news when you get selected for the All-Star game, but the focus is uh, on this group right now here, and uh you know, uh, obviously wanted to win this game tonight. Yeah, back to work tomorrow. And uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to we're gonna work and, uh, you know, we got got some uh, important games coming up. Yeah, the Sharks do have some important games coming up. Pittsburgh on Saturday night, L.A. on Monday afternoon, and then they go out on the road at Seattle for the first time ever before coming back home to host Tampa Bay. So they've got their work most definitely cut out for them next four games. Pens, Kings, Kraken, Tampa. Seattle is the only immediate game that you look at and you say, that's a win. Doesn't mean it will be, but that's what my initial reaction is. But Timo was not overly concerned about the All-Star. He's focused on winning these games, and I appreciated that mentality. And Bugner appreciated the performance from Timo. Yeah, just proud of him. I think he's worked hard to get to this level. I think that, uh, you know, he's been our most consistent offensive player all year. And, you know, along with that, he's, he's bought in, and um, he's had uh, a much better details than, than, uh, than in the past. And I think that, uh, you know, he's, he's he's bought in, and he's having success. And it's uh, great to see, um, you know, to, to get to that. Uh, level that uh, he's at right now um, you know he's a, he's a tough player to play against every night and uh, um, you know it's uh, nice to see and well deserved and he's put a lot of hard work into it yeah Timo has definitely put in the hard work and seen the results and I think that that can be said of the team overall I've said for a while now that when the team transitions from making this their identity to actually just having it be their identity that the offense will improve last night Shesterkin was awesome however they did put forth a lot of good chance creations. They did put forth a very good effort, and against almost any other goalie, they're going to be rewarded with a number of goals. And so if you go against a good team who does not have their goalie playing out of his mind, you might see more offensive production, at least in, in my opinion. You might see that this identity is finally being you know, kind of imprinted on their DNA to where they don't have to think about it so much. It's just what they go out and do so that it allows them to put a little bit more work on their offensive game. Now, the most immediate answer to that would be to score on the power play, and that's not what they're doing right now. Lately, they've been given up goals while they're on the power play, and that's a trend that needs to end. But again, the overall arc of the Sharks is a team that I see improving over the course of the season, day-to-day, Week to week, month to month. It might not be game to game, but it is most definitely happening over the long term. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will see you all with the buildup on Saturday before the Sharks take on the Pens. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.